Coming up on today's show, Green Tagged Theme Park in 30 with Scott Swenson and I, in which we cover the most important news in the world of attractions from the past week. From the Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 40 of our 61-day Hauntathon counting down to Halloween. Today is Sunday, October 10th, and there are 21 days until Halloween. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And now, Green Tag Theme Park in 30. From our studios in San Jose, California, and Tampa, Florida, this is Green Tag Theme Park in 30. I'm Philip, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Swenson. Hello, Scott. Hello, everybody. Um, here we are, another week, and, uh, you know, this is... I know, Philip, you're in, you're traveling, you said San Jose. I can't keep track of where you are, and you probably can't keep track of where I am. So you're in San Jose going to see multiple haunted attractions because tis the season. Tis know. the season indeed, yes. And uh, so uh, so we're, we're surviving as we as we get through the season. But just because it's Halloween season doesn't mean that the, uh, the rest of the attractions industry kind of goes on hold because even those even those uh, theme parks and and zoos and attractions that are doing Halloween still have to run from a business standpoint. And so we feel that it's important to continue to share not only the Halloween content, but also the stuff that continues to make companies make money. So, yes. Well, so, and speaking of that, right, or I guess maybe not making money, but working capital, we'll go with working capital. So yeah, because if you don't, if you don't have the working capital, you ain't gonna make money. So, you know, you might as well, (laughs) it's all, it's all about the business side. So speaking of working capital, the first, we'll start off here with a PSA, and this this uh, text excerpt comes from IAPA, but it is also just a general PSA uh, for all of you out there. The SBA recently made critical changes to their EIDL loan program to better meet the needs of eligible COVID-impacted businesses, which of course includes most of our audience. <laughs> These are welcome changes that IAPA has been advocating for on behalf of the trashes industry. And the big piece here, which is the eye-popping piece here, is that the loan cap is increasing from 500,000 to 2 million. It the changes also allow the use of funds to be applied to payment and prepayment of commercial debt and regularly scheduled payments of federal debt. And another change is 24 months of deferment from loan origination for all loans and also other simplification procedures and everything. So basically, um I also just want to make everyone sure and I want to pass along the information on this PSA of course, we're not accountants, we're not tax professionals, you will con- need to consult your accountant and your local SBA office to talk about the application of this. But I know just to share for us, it's something that Gantam is looking at as well um, of the increase because the term of the loans are very good. And because Gantam is still having a hard time, I mean, our sales have not rebounded. And if you think about it, it makes sense because, of course, we're at the tail end because attractions purchased from us when they are doing new construction. <laughs> and so as we have talked about, you know, we're not going to see um, a rebound to our 2019 levels until 2023. And so new construction will be a little bit delayed. So Gantam is still kind of behind a little bit. So it's something that we're looking at. And I want to make sure that we share that with everyone. And I think one of the positive things to notice is this is now these this, this money can now be um, applied to uh, other loans or other mm-hmm. debt, um, which is probably at a much higher interest rate. Cause this is like at what? 3.75%, something like that, yep. mm-hmm. um, which is a great, you know, great interest rate. And if you've got a real high interest rate loan, just the amount of money that you're going to save, um, is going to be significant. So, um, 
it, that's I think that's a big deal. The other thing, though, that I, I would caution people is, you know, we're we're still in a position now where we're not sure exactly what the future is going to look like. So um, don't get yourself, even though this is a really good deal. And if you need the if you obviously if you need the loans, take them, take advantage of them. But just just be just keep one little ear open to going too far and becoming too overextended because it is a loan. It's not a grant. And um, so I just want to make sure that when this is when this is all said and done, you know, when the 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 uh, the 30 years are up that you're not still ridiculously in debt and, or painfully in debt and not able to, to pay that off either. So use it. Use it intelligently is my only my only caveat, and my only concern. And as Philip said, I'm not an accountant, but I think having that working capital that you um that you need right now versus the, all the working capital you can get are two completely different stories. So just just be careful. That's all. Okay. Well, let's transition now into some of the uh, big news headlines from the past week. And the first one is that Universal Studios Japan and the Pokemon Company are announcing a partnership. Hey, look, another and- <laughs> IP, another IP partnership. I love it, and it's Universal again. Um, yep. So I will. Here's a quote from Universal. And they said that Pokemon is beloved by fans around the world. We are honored to have a long-term partnership with the Pokemon Company while developing groundbreaking Pokemon entertainment at the Universal Studios Japan for both Pokemon fans and our guests. The globally popular Pokemon characters combined with Universal's innovative approach to creating authentic and one-of-a-kind theme park entertainment promises excitement for the entire family. That's a long sentence. Our efforts to develop new... Our efforts to develop new guest experiences will continue to help reinvigorate the tourism market. Yeah, I just want once. I, just, I was like, just, just once. I want a theme park to say yes. We will. We will create meh new attractions. You know, they, they meh. No, everything is everything is glorious and exciting. Uh, but I will say that this is this seems like a marriage made in heaven. I mean, this this makes total sense. Um, Pokemon, you know, I know that here in the States, some folks look at Pokemon and go, oh, that's that's so outdated. But worldwide, it is not. It is still huge. It is still a, a tremendous, a tremendously strong intellectual property. And uh, yeah. it, it, it sounds like Universal has some great ideas and, and is going to uh, to dive in and bring bring those to life. And I'm sure that there are a bunch of bunch of folks around the world, not just in uh in Japan, China, Korea, but in other parts of the world where they're just going, oh, really? Pokemon? And yeah. in the real well, world? That's what I would say stood out to me from this, is that this potentially is, is a groundbreaking kind of thing. I mean, like you said, like here maybe in the U.S., I think there are pockets of nerddom, you know, that are really big, just like Harry Potter, really big Pokemon fans. But it is it's hard to 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 underscore how big of a deal you know pokemon is especially in asian areas especially in japan i mean it's a huge like they were like we reported on previously that the government was using pokemon characters to promote vaccine awareness like that that's the kind of like level that that this is there and so this i think could be a, a game changer in that market the way that harry potter was a game changer here for universal and i think the the catalyst for this or the thing that made this exciting is that we just have seen the super Mario images. And it's like the challenge of course is, is creating a world that is authentic to the animation, which is difficult to do because the real world and the animated world have such different 
lighting design and effects and it's just a different feel you know like light in the real world obeys laws that it does not need to obey in the animated world so creating authentically those pieces and i think with super mario we saw that it is possible and that universal is up for the challenge to create something that is aesthetically on point with the brand and then the next animated series and pokemon it's a much larger ip really in that area than super mario so it's a much bigger a gambit but i feel like they have proven they can do it and that's uh, i'm excited for this anyway exactly this is a this is a once again i love the the comparison you made between uh pokemon and and harry potter um this is once again the universal taking on a beloved uh, a beloved brand and taking it on it, based on everything that i've read so far uh Taking it on full force, um, not doing, not shying away from it, not just including some, not just including a couple gift shops and an arcade. Uh, you know, they're they're building it, they're building it right, just like they did with Wizarding World. Um, so I am, I'm excited to see where this is going to go, and it is clear that Universal is the right company to do it because they have the experience of making the impossible and the highly um, scrutinized products really popular with their fan base and to make mm -hmm. them accessible enough so that the non-fan base can still enjoy them as well. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, it's not a good transition I can think of. So our, our next topic. <laughs> so no, so uh, I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Philip. How's this? Okay. Okay. So okay. With, with this great new partnership, more and more guests are going to be coming to, to parks. And uh, because we are in the middle of a pandemic, um, there are certain parks who are taking action to make it easier for to show proof of vaccination. Six Flags is one of them, isn't it, Philip? Oh, yes, it is. In <laughs> fact, uh, Six Flags and Magic Mountain is partnering with Clear for proof of vaccination. <laughs> Starting October 7th on days designated as mega events, uh, all guests will be able to use the Clear app and digital vaccine card for proof of vaccination and expedited entry at Six Flags Magic Mountain. This will be the first theme park to partner with Clear for this feature. Instead of keeping up with paper vaccine cards and their driver licenses, guests can use the digital vaccine card, a free mobile experience on the Clear app that connects a person's verified identity to their proof of vaccination. Now, we talked about this quite a while ago. Um, the yeah. challenge with things like this are finding something that is unified enough that everybody can use it in multiple locations. Um, I don't know that much about Clear. Uh, I've heard about it. I have not. I have not downloaded it's, it. I, it's I, the I, airport people. Yeah, it's the airport people. Well, that's good. That that's helpful. So hopefully, with as we get more and more, uh, more and more businesses behind utilizing this technology, it will make it something that has that will become uh, standard operating procedure across the board, as opposed to oh, where am I going? So I have to produce what? Um, I know that just recently. Uh, the the cruise industry again, which is all over the place, um, but one particular cruise line has said they will not accept any digital um, any digital proof. It must be the actual vaccination card. Other places are saying it can be a photo. Other places are saying that they will be utilizing some form of of uh, app like Clear. So I, I just I just I am excited to see this. I just hope that it kind of gets in line so we don't have the VHS versus beta discussion that happened during my childhood. So we never knew exactly what the, and then LaserDisc came in and it was a complete cluster. But uh, so the idea is we need to find a way to 
unify and and find one way to to do this kind of proof because it is important it is necessary and i think from a business standpoint the more we can gather and and jump on the bandwagon of where other uh, where even our competitors are finding success we need to do that because that this is one of those situations where when we can make this easy for everybody they'll make it they'll be much more eager to return to our parks to our zoos to our museums whatever so <clears throat> i agree no 100% with that uh clear is the same folks that were doing the expedited airline entry where you could kind of skip the line and <clears throat> so it's it's those same folks so they are kind of used to managing biometric information, they keep your fingerprints on file and they keep your retina scan, all that kind of stuff. So I think from that standpoint too, it's a company that at least has history <laughs> with, uh, you know, kind of protecting yeah. sensitive information. And I think that's a critical piece of this. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, <laughs> I guess despite what Six Flags said about being caught off guard, um, question mark, like last week, they are um, still the first park, you know, to implement this partnership with Clear. And, uh, as you said, other people are working on other solutions, but I think it's a excellent step despite being kind of caught off guard, but they are trying to well, and if they, come up know, with a system. Once again, if they were caught off guard, uh, that's fine. At the very least, they're going to, to an organization or a company that already exists and knows how to handle this kind of situation. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes getting caught off guard might not necessarily be a bad thing because you stop trying to do it in-house and you do it with people who have experience. Okay, so <laughs> again, don't know the transition. Um, the, the experience. So, uh, so, this, so this app is almost like magic. It would be like everyone would have a genie in their pocket. That would speaking let them into genies, parks. Speaking okay. of genies. Speaking of genies, Disney <laughs> Genie is debuting at Walt Disney World August 19th. So this is just a follow-up. We talked about genie already, so we don't need to go into what it is or about it. More like the reason I put this in the show notes is because we actually have pricing <laughs> and we have the full details now, which we didn't have previously. I think most of it is a uh, pretty standard. The rides that are going to have, so if to, to quickly recap, Genie Plus has three components. One, it is a free app that helps with scheduling for everyone. Two, uh, you can put a $15 uh, like fast pass uh, on it, which gives you access to most of the rides. And then three, there are still individual rides that you need to pay for. If, if you want the fast pass, you need to pay a la carte for them. So like we didn't know previously the list, but it's now pretty, it, we, we kind of figured. So for example, the ones that would be a la carte only at Magic Kingdom are Seven Dwarfs Mine Train Space Mountain, which is kind of duh, at Epcot, you know, Ratatouille and Frozen, at Hollywood Studios, it's Star Wars and the Railway, and Animal Kingdom, it's Avatar and Expedition Everest. So basically, the new rides that have that are just crazy, and then some of the the big old rides, and they are all um, individual all cart purchase only. And I thought what was interesting is the pricing that we have here. So the pricing. Let me see if I can scroll to find it. Okay, so for example. Expedition Everest will be $7 per guest on October 19th and $7 on Saturday. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train will be $10 per guest on October 19th. 
Uh, and Star Wars Rise of Resistance will be $15 per guest on both October 19th and October 23rd. So, so once again, we are everything old is new again. It's the digital version of E tickets, A tickets, B tickets, C tickets, but it has a scheduling component. That's it's uh, so you can do uh, everything old is new again. Yeah. So, so basically, yes. Um, it does seem very similar to that. And it seems like you can, so you, and you can hold multiple if you get the a la carte and you get the Disney, um, the, the lightning lane package. So you could get a lightning lane package for $15 and then you could add on top of that Star Wars for another 15. And that adds on top of your regular ticket price. Um, so that's like a $30 adder to get expedited lines to the top of the, you know, $2,836,000 that the day, day ticket is now. So, you know, mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and the thing is, people are going to pay it. So yeah. there's no, you can't really argue with it. It's well, uh, What did you think about the pricing for these, Scott? I think, I, you know, again, I, I think it's a new thing. I think, like I said, people are going to pay it. So I, I, what I say about the pricing is, is completely secondary. Um, I, I understand the need to do the a la carte pricing for certain rides. It also means that that is going to be um, that is going to be uh, the the a very active um, pricing model because they can ramp it up or ramp it down based on yes. popularity of the ride. It's dynamic, yeah, yeah. very dynamic. Um, I, I think it's also something that we will see. Perhaps you know Disney is notorious for this. Um, perhaps we'll see it bundled so that if you have uh, Disney Plus. Um, you then can get your, your lightning pass, uh, upgrade for free, which doesn't cost them anything, but has a, has a perceived value, which then drives other stuff. Um, and then, you know, who knows, we may even see something as basic as if you, uh, if you buy the, the latest download of whatever music or video or whatever, that it comes with a, an a la carte code for the, for rise of the resistance you know I, I, these are all things that are very easily easily trackable on the app and uh, it gives them a lot of bundling opportunity it gives them a lot of upsell opportunity so yeah. I, I think that the price in in my mind when, we, when it gets to long range i think the price is to give it a specific value so that it can be perceived as valuable when it is bundled with other things. I think that's the long-term goal of this. But in order to do that, of course, they've got to roll it out and make it make people feel like, oh yeah, this is this is worth fifteen bucks. This is worth yeah. ten bucks. This is worth you know whatever. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think it has a bunch of options. Um, I don't think anybody will be turned off by it. I don't think anybody will shy away from it. I will say that you know with my friends here in Florida, they would be more than willing to spend an extra 30 bucks per person to make sure they get on rise of the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the key is if you are already the mindset of you're going to go and you've already jumped that first hurdle, it's the rope concept that you talk about all the mm -hmm. time. Yep. You've already, you're already there. So. Well, and once again, it's targeting, it's, it's, it's finding a way to target the vacationers versus yeah. the locals yeah. Um, but it's also done in a way that locals can benefit from it if they decide, oh, I want to see the new X, Y, or Z, so I'm going to spend the extra cash. Yeah. But I, I think the point about 
they kind of they they kind of essentially needed to unbundle the park experiences in order to bundle them to other vertical experiences. Right. Right. Yep. And like I said, it's it it goes back for anybody who's either a Disney historian or old like me. Um, it goes back to the the multi the the, the alphabet ticket system um, where you've got certain rides that have a higher perceived value than other rides. You know, um, even back then when you bought the tickets, you could buy a book of tickets or you could buy individual tickets. You know, when when the family the family book ran out of um, ran out of e tickets which by the way was what you always ran out of first um mm -hmm. you could buy that one extra so grandma didn't have to sit on a park bench and she could actually come with you into the haunted mansion um and <clears throat> it <laughs> of course back then and this the nice thing about this particular program is it doesn't leave you stuck with all the a tickets so the last the last day of your vacation you did nothing but ride the uh ride the trolley up and down main street you know mm-hmm mm-hmm well, okay. So I think we should go on to our last section of the show, which is just really about new openings. You know, there's there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's October and 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 there's been a lot of other news. So we've kind of been holding some of the newer openings to kind of discuss in this uh, section about stuff that's been opening up and what's going on. And the first one that I want to lead a, a hint to is I don't. I guess I don't really go go too much into this because um, <clears throat> it would take an entire show. But of course, we mentioned it last week about the 50th anniversary, and Disney Genie is coming all into the mix of this, and Ratatouille is opening. I mean, it's a lot going on at Disney, and there's a great in-depth article on Impark Magazine that breaks down everything. They went there for the 50th, and there's photos and there's some videos, um, so you can. If you are curious about what all the different things that Disney is rolling out across their property at Disney World, you can go through and look at the the all of that. It's broken down there quite nicely. Um, so that's it on my. I will say, and and giving giving um, giving kudos <clears throat> to In Park. Um, the thing I really like about this particular article is they don't just talk about what's new. They they talk yeah. about what's been enhanced and improved from the from the opening um i i remember going i was there the second year it was open uh and uh we stayed in the contemporary resort and it was really it's really fun in this particular article to see the upgrades that they've made to contemporary and um and why and how they kept the same feeling and the same vibe so again for those either disney historians or old farts like me um it's it's a great article and I, I have to say, I, I it's been a while since I've been to Magic Kingdom and to Walt Disney World in general, and I am hoping that within the next year I, I can get over there and, and do it again because I, it's it's time, it's time, and there's no better time. I mean, I was there, I was there for the Big Pink Castle when they did 25 years, and uh, so I probably should go back for 50. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, our next story here back in Los Angeles. Um, and we talked about this when it was planning, but we didn't kind of like skipped over the the actual opening. But uh, the the uh, the newly uh, the Academy Museum is now open, and it is a it's three hundred thousand square feet of um, which is the largest institute in the U.S. devoted to the art sciences and artists of movie making. The museum features exhibitions, programs, screens, and collections that advance the understanding, celebration, and preservation of cinema across seven floors, as well as iconic pieces of movie history, including a model of the shark from Jaws, joy from Star Wars, 
and the dude's bathroom from the big Lebowski. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, a, it's big. It's cool. It, it, it did. That's the thing. It's really cool. I, I think we kind of, maybe we skipped over some of these as the opening and we talked about them when they were concepts or they, when they were like announced as what they were going to be. But I, I also think it's very, um, we wanted a counterbalance to all the talk of, of the craziness that's happening, the violence and the et cetera, et cetera. But it, it you know, things are still opening. <laughs> I think that's what's so incredible about this time is right. there's a lot of difficult times but at the same time. There's a lot of new experience and a lot of uh, work that is finally coming to light that people have been working hard on this entire time. And that's finally opening. And, and this is another one of those, it's a huge facility. It, it is a, enormous and, and, and what, what a, a job that so many partners involved in this to bring this together. Um, and again, we're including the link to impact magazine, in the show notes, because they did a, a great story on some of the uh, people that were behind the magic that created the museum. Well, and you know, as Philip mentioned, there's been a lot of delays and, uh, you know, here's, here's one that I think is, you know, it's been delayed mm -hmm. oh, for a year, full year. Um, Expo 2020 Dubai opens its mm -hmm. gates following a year long delay, um, on October 1st, 2021. This is the thing that I love about now. I, I have not had a chance to visit Dubai, nor have I had a chance to work for any organizations in Dubai. So if you're listening and you need my help, let me know. But anyway, Expo 2020 Dubai's opening ceremony was streamed live to more than uh, 430 locations across the UAE, as well as on screens in New York City's Times Square, giving people around the world the chance to participate in the spectacle. Yeah, um, so great. It ain't done small. Let's put it that way. It ain't done small, and I and I like that. It creates a it creates a a global presence and. Um, so it's it's interesting because we are you know we just saw this with the with the Tony Awards um, where we're finally we finally got the Tonys for 2020 mm -hmm. in 21 and now we're having Expo 2020 in 21. Um, I'm hoping that we can get caught up because I think that's really cool. But uh, you know as far as as far as the as far as Expo um, Expo 2020 in Dubai goes, it is it's huge and I'm glad to see that it's back up and. Uh, and they let the world know. <laughs> I yes. love that. And 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 uh, the the videos in the show notes as well, so you can go kind of watch uh, excerpts of the of the the stream, the live streamed opening, which is just cool. I think it's cool that that everybody can share in it a little bit, share in the excitement, um, even if you're not getting to Dubai right now, which I think most of us are not. <laughs> so, and okay, so also in international news, uh, there's 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 news with Ocean Park. <laughs> There's always news with Ocean Park. Oh, poor Ocean Park. Okay, so, I so um, this was difficult to parse, but they kind of uh, the where we last left off the Ocean Park saga is the they had put a, saga <laughs> of Ocean Park. They they uh, the days of uh, days of Ocean Park. So in in days of Ocean, Ocean Park, Park, in today's days of Ocean Park, um, where we last left off, they put out the bid for the new areas they had kind of come up with, which is more like wellness and adventure areas. Um, and so they've kind of at least released a tiny bit more about their plan, which is to be, quote unquote, not just a theme park, but to reposition as a holiday resort with glamping and zip lining, which kind of aligns with the adventure pieces and the wellness pieces, they said. Um, I'm not sure what to make about the not just a theme park line, because um, I feel like a holiday 
a seasonal destination that's kind of only seasonal is different, like a step under a theme park, which is open year round. But that, that beside that, um, it's interesting. They're kind of solidifying their offerings. And one thing that was pointed out to me by someone at Ocean Park is that I had said previously that there was not Halloween, but there is. <laughs> they have oh. added. <laughs> I know they did add. They did um, announce and create and already open some uh, Halloween activities uh, for this year. So it seems like they are going to try and keep Halloween as a component of this holiday resort. And they also are including, uh, even this year, they're testing out like a spooky glamping. I'm not sure if it's still glamping, if it's spooky. Uh, a spook, spamping? Gulamping? Gulamping? I oh. don't know. Gulamping is better. I was going to go with spamping which is that sounds, <laughs> sounds dirty that Let's sounds just... dirty okay anyway so okay. so can so i guess to, to the folks at ocean open park you know thumbs up we're happy to see that it is solidifying and happy to see that um they are trying to keep halloween and and fit the halloween offerings to the, the new purpose of the park so well i'm excited that i'm excited that ocean park is is not afraid to redefine itself they're not afraid to find new ways of doing what uh, they're not they're not they're not locked into well if it ain't broke you know don't fix it let's not let's not rock the boat let's not this is what we've always done um i i and, and interestingly enough from my perspective it seems like they've done like elements or they played around with some of this stuff before but now it's getting um it's getting expanded it's getting tested and like any business you know if we're coming out of the wild wild west now's the time to try new things Mm -hmm. See, you know, see if you can rebrand. Uh, that's why I think some of the new openings, going back to the Universal and Pokemon, I think that's really exciting. Um, there's a time where they could have said, oh my gosh, this is going to be way too expensive. We'll never get it right. But now is the time to experiment with that. Now is the time to reach out and find those, those new opportunities, test them, try them, because guests are coming back and, you know, they're, they're eager and you might as well reinvent yourself. You know, we've, we've gone through a, a revolutionary time are still going through a revolutionary time in our industry. And we might as well uh, try the new stuff. We might as well test what is what is going to be new and fresh and figure out where do we go from here? Well, I know where we're going to go from here because we're out of time. We're going to go back to we're going to go back to our our uh, our own little Halloween worlds. And as you probably noticed, we're a little bit punchy because I know Philip is exhausted and, and so am I. So um Hopefully you've enjoyed the show on behalf of my co-host, Philip Hernandez from Gantam Lighting and the Haunted Attraction Network. And look, for those of you watching the video, I'm wearing my little Haunted Attraction Network t-shirt as well. Me too. That's okay. Yay! Uh, and I'm Scott Swenson from Scott Swenson Creative Development. Uh, we're really glad that you paid some attention to this show. Hopefully you got something out of it that is useful. If you did, please share it with other people. And if you didn't, just keep your mouth shut. We'll see you next week. This is a Haunted Attraction Network.